turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I feel like I need to tell you about a movie that I watched first. But I'm not recommending the movie because there's F words, you know. But the last couple of weeks on Friday nights, I've been watching um, war movies because I realized that the church is in a war. It's like fight the good fight of faith. And, and so uh, I watched those to kind of get, remind me that, you know, that, that, that somebody wants to destroy my life. Somebody wants to destroy your life. And if you're just skipping along, not noticing, that's good. <laughs> no, as long as you know that you're, you know, I remember one time I was walking through, walking from Galilee down to, uh, down to, toward Nazareth. And uh, I was walking on this old country path, a lane that Jesus probably walked 2,000 years ago, him and his disciples Whenever they went from Galilee down to Jerusalem, they had to go on this path, you know. And so I was walking along, really enjoying the day. And then I said, then I saw a sign that said, caution, minefield. And so you know what I did? I stayed in the middle of the road and still enjoyed the day. <laughs> so that's what you can learn from some of these things. But I was watching, um, I was watching Lone Survivor last Friday night because it's about Navy SEALs, and, and uh, Matt Gober was a Navy SEAL, and he was a very dear friend who's now in heaven. But I remember sitting in his office in Otogaville, Alabama one night, and his big toe was busted. He had been running trying to catch his dog, and he slipped on the steps and broke his toe, and it was dangling in the sock. I mean, it was broken, you know, broken, broken. He's sitting there talking to me. And then I'm thinking, what's he going to do when, like, we're having... These are international services that we're having there, you know. And so um, when it came time to go preach, he shoved that foot down into his shoe and walked out with, I'm not kidding, with Oda Limp, walked up on that platform. I mean, like, it was amazing to me. But then I found out, like, if you watch the first few minutes of that movie, Lone Survivor, it shows you what um, Navy SEALs have to go through. They call it the week of hell. And they give you maybe maybe a half an hour of sleep a night, maybe, probably none. And they keep you wet and cold. And their goal is for, to get you to ring the bell and quit. That's what they do. And for a whole week, they'll lock you in a cage. They'll throw you in the ocean in the cold. They'll build a big bonfire down the beach and let you sit way back where you can't get near it and watch it. It's torture. It's total torture so that you can, like when the time comes, like one of these guys said, you know, if you'd, Turn 300 of us loose in Afghanistan, we would take care of ISIS all by ourselves if it wasn't for government interference. That's how tough these, these guys are. But now, the guy in Lone Survivor, true story, it's true story, and matter of fact, he wrote a book about it, but he was one of the least. He wasn't the big strapping athlete or any of that, and he, but he, he got through the whole week, and this is what he said. This is what they tell you, that... Your body can go through anything. It's your brain that they go to. That they go after. If they can get you, if, like, like for instance, the devil cannot kill you, but he'll work on your mind. The devil can't make you sick, but he'll work on your mind. And if you, and then, then if you think because you're sick you have to quit, no, no, there's no ringing the bell. The reason why he was the lone survivor out of the out of the the deal they were on. It was because he 
wouldn't ring the bell. He wouldn't, he, he knew inside of himself, I'll never quit. And then the other movie, I might as well tell the other movie too right now. No, Black Hawk Down is another true story. And, uh, you, you know, in one scene in the movie that they said, he, he said, Sarge, they're shooting at us. He said, shoot back. <laughs> no, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Don't just take it laying down. And then in another scene, they're, they're, they're getting in the, in the Humvees and they're, and they're heading out back to the base. And, uh, and, the, and, the guy, and the guy said, the sergeant said, drive the truck. He said, I can't drive the truck. Serge, I've been shot. He said, we all been shot. Just drive the truck. And he's there driving down the road, wiping the blood out of his face. But what else are you going to do? Drive the truck. Drive the truck. Just drive the truck. We all been shot. Oh, I can't, I can't serve God because I've been an orphan. Drive the truck. We all been shot. Everybody's got a sad story they could tell you. Just drive, get up and drive the stinking truck. <laughs> drive the truck. Our weapons are not guns. They're praise and worship. Send Judah first. What a dumb plan. Stupidest plan you'll ever read in your Bible. Send Judah first. And the battle will be, but what? The battle will be, our, we don't flesh, fight against flesh and blood. When you, worship, when you worship God, when you're saying, just drive the truck. Just shoot back. Hallelujah. Why? Because, because you win. You already won. The victory's already been won. It's our deal. And so all you got to do is drive the stinking truck. Amen. Drive the truck. Now, please don't go, rent a, go and rent those movies because I mentioned those couple things. No, there's murder and there's mayhem and there's blood and guts and there's F this and all of that. And so you don't really need that. Huh? It's war. Yeah. And they swear a lot because they just speak in their language. Like we say, praise you, Jesus, and hallelujah. It's just their language. We don't get upset with them any more than, you know, well, Nancy does, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> hallelujah. Drive the truck. Okay, chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you all, that receive not the grace of God, don't receive the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard you in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation I have I've, I've rescued you. Behold, look at this, behold now, not tomorrow, not yesterday, right now, because did you know that this is all you have is right now? You haven't got tomorrow, and you can't go back to yesterday. So you better be enjoying yourself today. You know, so, so turn to somebody and say, but you ought to get happy. <laughs> happy is not a someday experience. I'll be so happy when I get that no j new job. I'll be so happy when I get married. Well, talk to somebody that's already married. You might not be all excited about it. Just kidding. <laughs> Nick and Louise, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I've been happily married for 35 years coming up next month. 
May, actually. Yeah, Nancy's been happy for half of that, but I've been enjoying the whole ride. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now, right now is the day of salvation. We're beseeching the Lord to show us his glory, but we're receiving it now. We're not waiting for someday he's going to send revival. Really, when you look at it, revival came 2,000 years ago in the upper room, and the Holy Ghost hasn't left. Right? And so all we need to do is what Paul told Timothy. Timothy, stir yourself up. Oh, God, move me. No, move yourself. <laughs> Lord, if you just touch me, I'd dance before the Lord. Well, you can touch me all you want. I ain't going to dance. But... but <laughs> if you ever see me dancing... You'll know it's him. I remember when I went to dances. Just get in the middle of a crowd and move something. Or stomp. Show me your glory. Light on your feet? Not likely. <laughs> We used to do 500-pound squats. It's hard to be light on your feet when you're doing that kind of stuff. Kind of. Anyway, what's this got to do with any of that? Okay, now is the day of salvation. Let's go to John chapter 11, please. I want to look at a woman that had great faith. She had great faith for the future. She didn't have any now faith. Some glad morning when his life is over, I'll fly away. <laughs> Need a set of spoons to really do justice to that song. Let's, we, we know the story. This is when Lazarus got raised from the dead. And I know it's happened to several of you already this morning. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Hallelujah. The praise and worship resurrection life came in the praise and worship today. Thank you, Lord. It was awesome. Yeah, but it just gets sweeter every week. But we can't brag on them too much, Nancy. Then we'll have to let the air out of them, so we can't do that. So. Not true, not true, not true. We love our people. We love people. I've been pastoring for 28 years. It's the best bunch of people I ever pastored. Hallelujah, right here, right now. I just love it. I love it. And to be debt free. You know, to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We didn't plan on being here this long, but here we are. And, and, so, and so here we are. Right now. I don't have tomorrow. I don't have next week. I've got right now. And today's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. And looking from here right now, you all look so good, too. Some Sundays, not so much, but today is really good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Martha, as soon as she heard, verse 20, that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary was still at the house. Then said Martha to Jesus, if you had only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. So that's faith in the past, isn't it? If you only had been here, 
things would have been better. But I know that even now, whatever you will ask God, he'll give it to you. Jesus said unto her, your brother shall rise again. Look at this. Now, now we're going to great faith for the future. I know. I know that it's going to get better. I know that my healing is going to manifest. I know that my finances are going to improve. No, that's great faith in the future. But we need to live life in the now. Jesus taught that in Matthew chapter 6. He said, today, it's today, live for today. Trust in the Lord today, walk with the Lord today. He said, take no thought for tomorrow. And when you're taking thoughts for tomorrow, you even think about like, like, like what he said in Peter chapter 5. He said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he'll exalt you in due time. How? By casting all of your care upon the Lord, for he cares for you. So if I'm caring about tomorrow, then I'm proud. I'm not humble. I haven't cast my care upon the Lord. I'm still going to figure it out for myself. I'm still going to figure out a way to get out of this instead of saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm just going to rejoice and be glad in it. I, what, what's your plan for today? Rejoice and be glad. What's your plan for tomorrow? I'm not there yet. But when it, tomorrow it'll be today and it'll be rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I said rejoice. It's time to be happy now. Not someday, not someday, now, right now. Today is a good day, right now. Right now you're sitting alongside somebody that loves God. Hallelujah. Right now you're in, you're, you're in, a, you're in a comfortable, safe environment, right now. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. We've been in places where it wasn't so safe. It's nice to be here today. Hallelujah to be safe today. Thank you, Jesus. So, so she said, Jesus said, Jesus said to her, your brother's going to rise again. Martha said, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. He said, hey, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am whatever you need me to be. I'll tell him I am sent you. I am your healer. I am your provider. I am all of those things. I am. He said, I'm right here and right now. I'm, I'm alive right now. And you don't have to wait for tomorrow for me to bless you because today is the day of salvation. Don't even think well before the end of the service. Think now. Well, by the end of the service, I'll be blessed. No, now. Now. Let's go over to verse 40. <coughs> Hallelujah. I like this verse because it's about believing first and then seeing. It's not about seeing is believing. Jesus said, I told you. I told you. I told you this. That if you would believe, you'd see. What, Lord? The glory of God. In this case, it's the resurrection of her brother. But whatever it is, he said, I'll make sure that you'll see all of my kindness. Sometimes you see, I've been in services, I'm sure some of you have been, where the cloud came in. And it was like all misty and foggy in the room. That's pretty cool. But anything that he does in my presence is, is cool. Praise and worship was glorious. Yeah. 
Yeah. Amen. He said, he said, if you would believe, you'd see the glory of God. Well, we need to go back to 2 Corinthians again because there's a verse back there we need to look at. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 this time, though, not 6, chapter 4. Hallelujah. I like verse 5. Do you like verse 5? Verse 5 is a nice verse. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness in Genesis 1-2, for the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Maybe there's some area of your life right now that's without form and void and in the dark. Maybe that's what you're experiencing right now. Well, it's about to change this moment now. How's it going to change right now? It's going to change right now. Because he said, just like I said, just like I said, light be back in Genesis 1 and verse 3. He said, I've shone in your heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord in the, come on, in the face of Jesus Christ. The illumination is on the inside of you right now. That's why he said in Isaiah chapter 60, arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord's risen up on you. Already in you right now. Risen up upon you. When? When the world is full of darkness and the gross darkness upon the people. He said, my glory shall be seen upon you. You're living large in a world that looks like it's going to pieces. Living large. Large living. I like it. I like it a lot too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Life has been so large since I made Jesus my Lord. I was thinking about it last night. I've been to the Philippines eight times preaching in the jungle. Escaped. They, they, tried, to, they tried to get my son and myself. We were kidnapped over there from Baguio City one trip. And here we are. He's up here playing the guitar and singing. out here preaching. Because no weapon formed against you will prosper. Been to Hawaii three times on the way back and forth from the Philippines. Never had, never paid a cent for a hotel room, an air ticket, nothing for eight trips. No, no. And people say you believe in tithes and offerings. Hallelujah. I, I started out my first Sunday. Hallelujah. I had a 20 and a 10. And I didn't know what to give, so I threw it all in. Hallelujah, I have been looking back. I'm looking back right now just to tell you. I've been to the island of Guam in the South Pacific. You ever been there? No. no I have been. You know how much it cost me? Nothing. Preached all across the United States. You know how much it cost me? Nothing. Went to Israel for two weeks and never paid a cent. Come on, this is the way, this is the way we're so, it's supposed to be. Hallelujah, it's supposed to be good. <laughs> Don't get shocked about good. <laughs> if you're willing and obedient, you will drive the good of the land, wear the good of the land. Hallelujah. Inherit substance and fill treasure. Hallelujah. It's not because you're greedy or because you're looking for it. I didn't look for any of that stuff. It just came to me. I had some religious person tell me one time, I said, I put it on Facebook, I said, I just got bumped up to first class. You know, and those kind of things happen. Matter of fact, Dave Shaw said, you're up in the Holy of Holies. 
up behind the curtain. <laughs> I'm sitting up there. Anyway, I put it on Facebook to thank God, not to brag on me. I was three months behind on my rent living on Andover Street in Dartmouth when God got me. So, I, so anything that happened after that, it's all him. So don't ever think I'm up here tooting my own horn. Well, you know, we can get that done. We can get Tim Hammond to toot a horn for us or something, but I'm not going to toot my own. Anyway, uh, where was I, Paul? Oh, yeah, up in the Holy of Holies. So I put it on Facebook that I'd been bumped up to business class. And so this religious person got on there and said, well, the only reason God would do that for you is so that you could witness to the person sitting alongside of you. Yeah, that's what they say. Nancy was sitting beside me. She already knew the Lord. <laughs> yeah, but that's how, that's how religion thinks, right? Religion thinks God is mean and stingy and can't wait to, for you to do something wrong so he can knock you in the head. Let me tell you, my Bible says that his grace abounds. That's running after me. Hallelujah. When you're sitting in the Sheridan Surfrider Hotel looking out at the surface at 6 o'clock in the morning, all you can say is, wow, God, you're so good. Did we have to put up with some stuff? Yeah, one time we were three weeks up, and another time they forgot us in the jungle. We had to walk up. <laughs> Remember, that? Remember that time? They left us in the jungle, man. And there's spiders over there as big as your hand. And they, they don't catch bugs. They eat birds or whatever's flying by. And so you're walking out and it's almost dark and you're thinking, I don't want to walk into one of those. <laughs> but that's, those are adventures in faith. Yes. Hallelujah. I wouldn't, trade, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And now, and then, you, now the best is yet to be. Now, now. the best. Yeah. <laughs> now. Yeah. Expect now. Expect supernatural. Why? Because God said the set time of favor. Psalm 102 and verse 13. He said the set time of favor has come upon the church. Favor means to feature, to put up on a billboard and say, you know, alive today. Galen is live today. Live and filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And signs and wonders and miracles are flowing through her because she decided not to wait for God to move. Realizing that he already has. He's seated. Hebrews 1.13, Hebrews 10.13, both say the same thing. That he's seated, expecting his enemies to be made his footstool. If he's seated, hallelujah, knowing the result, the end result, knowing that it's a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, washed in the blood of the Lamb, that there's glorification taking place in the church, that in 2 Corinthians 3.18, he said, you be changed from glory to glory into the image of the Son. Now, I know hell is in the hallway. I know that. <laughs> no, no, when you move from one station to another, you run into a little bit of hell. That's the fact. <laughs> well, storms come on. Yeah, but the storms are there. The storms make you strong. Let me read what this, this lone survivor, I just, I, I post, I went and looked at the movie thing and posted some, I, I got some quotes off of this guy. I said, because this is powerful stuff. This is powerful stuff. That, that you cannot be, you, the only way that the devil can win anything with you is in your mind. So if your mind is renewed by the word of God, hallelujah. This is what he said. This is the lone survivor. No matter how much it hurts, how dark it gets, 
or how hard you fall, you are never out of the fight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because the resistance makes you stronger. You're getting stronger all the time. Things that would have driven you to your knees five years ago, you'd be home crying, and you're here in church today because you toughened up. Hallelujah. You're, a Na- you're God's Navy SEALs. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Where, where were we? Oh, yes, over here. Let's read verse 7 just for fun. For we have, you have, treasure in earth, a vessel. Hallelujah, you have a treasure. You know, how many of you know who Henry Ford is? He invented an automobile, right? And he, he had started a load that all started Ford. So we've grown since then. But anyway, we'll leave that alone. No, but this is a true story. One day, this guy was driving along, and his car broke down on the side of the road. And he had the engine blown up, and he didn't know how to fix it, but he was poking around in there like we do, right? And in the meantime, a limousine drove by and pulled up in front and stopped. And out of the limousine, got this man in a $1,000 suit and it was a million-dollar car. Like, like he, what I mean is he was doing really well. And he came up and he said, excuse me, I'd like to take a look at the car for you. And he got in and, and uh, you know, finally he said, uh, okay, get in and turn it over. And so he cranked it up and away it went. He said, how much do I owe you? He said, nothing. He said, my name is Henry Ford. And he said, I don't like what I created to be broken down on the side of the road. Hallelujah. No, no, he's in the business of fixing people, not replacing people. He doesn't replace you, he repairs you. He chose you. Come on. Come on. We know Ephesians 1, 4. He chose you in him. When? From, the, from before the foundation of the world. He painted your bedroom and bought your crib and put that little mobile up there for you to look at. That's called the universe. That's called the solar system. Oh, wow. Swing by and change your diaper. Hallelujah. He said, look up at the stars, Abraham. See if he can count them. He said, look at Lot. He said his tent towards Sodom and lost everything because he chose the well-watered plain. But you chose the hard way. You got out in the desert. And I said, now look at the sand. Your seed will be like the sand and the stars. Abram, because you did it my way and deferred to your, to your nephew who decided to take everything and lost his wife and lost. Like the hard way is the good way. You, you can take the blessed easy way or you can go the hard way. The hard way is where you get built. The hard way is when things come against you to make you strong. He doesn't bring them, but he makes sure that all things work together for your good because you love God. He loves you. Blessed you with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies, in Christ, before you were ever put here. Put you here for this day, not some other day, not yesterday, this day, and told you I'm everything you need right now. 
Oh, I'll be glad when this manifests. No, be glad. Just be glad. Let manifestations cap up to you, keep up to you, but just, you know, operate in the glory right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The glory right now. Right now. Get everything right now. He supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory. When? Right now. Well, I don't see it. You're looking with the wrong set of eyes. As far as God is concerned, you're already blessed with everything that he has. Everything that he is and everything that he can do. Oh, God. What are you praying for? I already gave it to you. Act like it's so. How long? Don't ask how long. Now. Act now. What am I supposed to do? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, you read Psalm 118 to verse 24. So powerful. They read, they sang Psalm 118 at the communion meal at the last supper. And in verse 24, Jesus said, the, the, on, his way to, on his way to the cross, on his way to the garden to get arrested, he said, this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Then you get over in Hebrews 12 and verse 2, for the joy that was set before him, he endured stuff. Stuff. You endure stuff, but you rejoice all the way through it. You just praise God. Just praise the Lord. Talk about slap the devil. It reminds me of a fight between Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, but I don't, I don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. <laughs> when somebody hits you with the best shot as hard as they can and you're still standing there, it's scary for the devil. <laughs> when he's taking his best shot and it didn't work, he's like Wally Coyote. He'd been working on that for years. And it didn't work. We have this treasure. We, we're not going to get. We, us here today, we have a treasure. And in Matthew 13, the Bible says that when the man found the treasure in the field, he bought the entire field to get the treasure. That treasure that's in you, he bought the whole field to get it. All your ugly stuff. All the, you know, when you, the field has got some, maybe some needles, needles and disc, discarded junk in the field and stuff, just like, you know, with me and Paul, it's empty beer bottles and things like that in the field. But that didn't matter because he saw the treasure in Paul. When he was roaming around the backwoods of Alberta playing in a, a band, God said, he's a, God said, he's a pastor. You'd have said, what? Have you seen that picture of him with the afro and the joints hidden in the afro? You talk about calling things that be not as though they were. Right? No, but isn't that awesome? To think that he saw the treasure and bought the field. Mm. Hallelujah. And I know him. There's still stuff being worked out in him. I only say that because I know me. And Nancy hasn't got me perfected yet, but her and the Holy Ghost are working, working all the time, working, working, working. <laughs> she prayed 1 Corinthians chapter 13 over me so much that I started playing it, praying it a month ago. Because I realized it wasn't working for her. <laughs> her prayers were not being effective enough, so I had to get in there with her. Anyway. <laughs> 
true story. <laughs> I don't care. I'm enjoying God. Are you enjoying God? Yes. Amen. We're going to Isaiah 43. And I was only going to read uh, two verses, but there it is in front of my eyes. And No, but you need to know how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those are not the verses for what we're talking about today, but you need to know how they survived the fire. They read Isaiah 43 in verse 2. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned, neither shall the flame be kindled upon you. They didn't, it wasn't blind faith. They had scripture to stand on. They read that and said, hey, we're going to be all right. So the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and a fire produces a fourth man. So when you're in a fire, enjoy the trip. If there's hell in the hallway, just keep walking. We're in that gap between, you know, crossing over the sea and you're in that, that place, of, that point of no return. I love the point of no return. You can't back out then. You can't do the lobster thing and just back out. And Jordy's coming after you. <laughs> but I want to look at verse um, 18. Remember not, it says in my King James, I simply, I, I think that simply means forget. What do you, what do you? And if he tells me not to remember, that tells me that I had the power to do so. If Jesus can forget everything that Gary did, do something like cast it in the sea of his forgetfulness. I realize that's not a location. That's a delete from the hard drive and not ever to be recovered. It's gone. So when I talk to him about some mistake that I made last week, he's saying, what are you talking about? I don't know anything you're talking about. What are you talking to me? I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Matter of fact, I don't even hear those prayers. I hear without faith, it's impossible to please me. Number one, you might believe that I exist. And number two, that I'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. You come praying those unbelief prayers. I can't listen to that. I'm a holy God. I haven't got time to listen to your crying either. I keep your tears in a bottle, but I don't want to listen to it any more than any other human wants to listen to it when you're going on like that. <laughs> Where's compassion? Compassion, that's compassion. Anyway. Compassion is not sympathy. God does not sympathize with your situation. God will tell you, be strong in the Lord, not in your own strength. The reason why you're feeling so tired and sick is because you're trying to do it on your own. Stop trying to do it on your own. Stop trying to do it on your own. He said, I promised it and I will perform it. What do I got to do then? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Keep praising me. Keep believing me. No matter what the circumstance, what it looks like, just keep praising me and watch what happens. All through the Old Testament, I sent out the tribe of Judah first. All through there, they went out in, in dumb plans. You know, like even Gideon. I mean, Gideon, they, they, they smashed, their, smashed the pots open and 300 people def defeated 135,000. How does that how does that happen? All I know is it did happen. History even records some of these things. Sennacherib's army, you can go back in history and read how they all got wiped out overnight only they thought some kind of plague happened. Well, my Bible says that one angel destroyed 85,000 people one night. And, and, and then all of a sudden, Sennacherib decided he would go home. When your devil's coming against you and God shows up, he decides to go home. 
<laughs> and when he got home, it didn't get any better. His sons rose up and killed him. But that was all written in history as well as in the Bible. Real history, real history does not dispute this book. What disputes this book is histories written by the winners. Like, you know, when I, when, you know, I get in a dispute with somebody, I have my side of the story, and I'll guarantee you it'll favor me. <laughs> right? I don't want to make yourself look bad. Oh, yeah, they do, yeah, you know, but I tried my best and all of that. See? <laughs> None of you do that. <laughs> Remember not the former things. Consider not yesterday. Oh, that means I can walk in some pile of forgiveness today, too. That means I can walk in some pile of love today because I can't even remember anything that was done wrong to me yesterday. I can't remember anything about yesterday. What's going on? Yeah, I can't remember. Huh? I can't remember. <laughs> Why? Because behold, you know what behold means? Look and see. Behold, I will do a new thing. I'll give you a fresh revelation. How many of you would like to have a fresh revelation? How many of you are reading your Bible through this year with us, and you read verses and they become familiar to you, and you think you know it, and then you miss it? God will say something new to you all of the time. Fresh revelation when you keep the respect for the Word of God. Amen? He said, I will do a new thing when? When? Yeah, but not tomorrow. We're expecting a revival at New Covenant Ministries. No, we're in one. Right now. Hallelujah. Shall you not know it? Yes, we're going to flow in it. We're flowing in it right now. You'll make a way in the wilderness. I had some wilderness stuff. You had some dry places. You ever have a dry place? A place that just needs some water? He said, I'll do that. He said, watch. Fresh revelation. Faith. So press for the now. That's really what he's saying is press for the now. And with that in mind, with that in mind, we need to go to Proverbs chapter 17. I just know this, that if you keep your heart open to the scriptures, you can find something new all the time because God wrote the book. God is the book. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word is the book. Yeah, anyway, Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 34. As you find verse 34, you're doing really good because there's only 28 verses. <laughs> Continue. Let's see how spirit... No. How about verse 24? Wisdom is before him that has understanding. But the eyes of the fool are searching to the end of the earth. What's he saying? He's saying it's not greener. The other pasture is not greener. Where you've been placed is where God positioned you to bless you. Well, I can, can't look around and see anything. Well, then you're looking with the wrong eyes. Your opportunities are right in front of you right now. There's nothing impossible. Read, read Mark 9 or, and Matthew 9, 23 and 29, and you'll find out that according to your faith, be it unto you, and nothing is impossible with God. Nothing, no thing. And if he's placed you here, 
He has a purpose for you here and your potential will be fulfilled here because you're planted here. Sometimes success is simply spelled stay. Stay where you can be made through the seasons of your life. Again, Psalm 1, walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the way of the sinner or take your final position, sit in the seat of the scornful. But your delight is in the word of God and in that law you meditate day and night and then you'll be like a tree. A tree has four seasons here. Sometimes they're pretty barren looking. Not a leaf to be seen. Sometimes it's cold. But the leaf that's planted by the rivers of water will bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf won't wither and whatever it will do will prosper. But the key is it's being planted where God placed you and not going, but why? Because here I can be made. I'm not talking about here, this physical building. You understand that if you're visiting from another church, I'm not trying to sign you up. Although I will, if you'll see me after the service, <laughs> but it's about finding your place and staying there. I have been a pastor for almost 30 years and I've watched people wreck their lives hopping from one place to another place to another place, looking for something when God says, if you'll just plant yourself, I can bring forth fruit. You got to plant yourself. You got to make a decision. I'm going to stay. What if Sharon gets upset with Marie? They're on the front row and all of a sudden you come in some service and Marie's over there and Sharon's over there. I, no, I've seen all that too. But the fact is, if you'll stay, you'll rub the rough edges off one another and you'll grow. You just, you know, it's called growing up, growing up. How do you grow? James, James is all tired over there from being at the gym, I think. He's stressing himself. But what, what is it? It's resistance training. You go in there, you go in there and you're all excited and you get your workout done and you go out and you're pretty near tear the door off the gym leaving and then you get home and sit on the couch. And you... <laughs> Oh, God. But you're building something. And it takes resistance to build it. How are you going to do the love walk if you don't have any resistance to it? No, hang around, church. You'll, you'll get it. You get lots of opportunities to forgive. Hallelujah. But it says here, but the eyes of the, the, eyes of the fool are at the ends of the earth. If I could just get over there, I'd be all right. If I just get this new career move, I'll be happy. If I could just find the right mate, I'll be happy. No, no. Again, this is what he's saying. He's saying, look where you are right now. Enjoy your life right now. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Is right. Let's go to um, see what's right in front of you. That's all. See what's right in front of you. See the friends that you have. Thank God for every friend that you got. Because what I have discovered after all these years is if I've got a handful of friends, I'm very successful. Other stuff comes, other stuff goes, things come and go. But if you've got some people that you can count on, when, when the world walks out, they walk in. <laughs> when they know you at your worst and they still like you, come on. That's called marriage, I think. <laughs> Hallelujah. Psalm 119. 
Psalm 119. You get someone to come forward and just read the whole thing for us while we're... Psalm 119, it's an acrostic psalm. We should teach this, but not today. Um, but for now, let's go to verse 18. I love David. Don't you love David? He was up and he was down. He was all around. He was going to kill Abigail's husband one time. Another time he did, he did some stuff, right? But my Bible says in Acts 13, 22, he's a man after God's own heart. That's because he was so open. He just, he just you know, he... He had bad days and he had good days and he had days where he said, God smash out the teeth of the ungodly. How many of you know that was a bad day? <laughs> Get revenge, God. But he worked his way through all that and he stayed. I love Psalm 27 because he said, all, he said there's only one thing. He said, I know I'm a king and I know this and I know that and I know the other thing. There's only one thing, that I could dwell in the house of the Lord. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord, rather be an usher at the door than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. He found out what was really important. After It's like Abraham. Abraham was so blessed. Uh, Genesis 13, who says that he was very rich with silver and gold and camels and this and that and the other thing. But it didn't matter. He said in Hebrews chapter, he said, I'm looking for a, a place that has foundations whose builder and maker is God. He said, I'm looking for something more solid than what I can find on this earth. Job, look through the experiences that Job went through, all of that. He lost everything and God restored everything double to him except his kids. He only got 10 more kids because the other 10 were in heaven. So he doubled everything. So he didn't lose anything. He didn't even lose his kids. They were in heaven. Obviously, when he doubled up on everything else and left the 10, that's, that's proof. <sighs> That God finishes what he starts. And Job went through all that out of his own dumb. He said, what I have always feared has finally come upon me. Fear produced just like faith does. Brought all that stuff into his life. But then it worked his way through it and got to know God. He said, I, he said, I, heard, he said, I heard about you. But in Genesis 40, he said, or Job 40, but now I know you. See, we can know about God, but it's not until we go through things that we get to know God. So some of those things that you've had to go through, you need to thank God. They've drawn me. I like the fact that they've drawn me closer to God. I like the fact that Jacob wrestled and became Israel, but he had to lean. For the rest of his life, he had to lean, and there's a message in that. Lean on him when you're not strong. He'll give you strength to carry on. That's a beautiful song, too, isn't it? Hallelujah. Okay, so, yeah. Verse 18, open up my eyes that I might behold the wondrous things out of your law. Open up my eyes, God, to see what's right around me so that I'm not looking down the road somewhere, that I'm not trying to be somewhere else, trying to be somebody else. Help me to look at where I am right now. Now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's not a definition of faith. That's how faith operates now. Amen. Okay, so now let's, let's, let's go to 2 Kings. Hope this is helping you. It's helping me. Hallelujah. Now here's a story about Elisha, and it's a funny story because Elisha always knew what the king of Syria was up to. 
because the Holy Ghost would give him revelation knowledge. So then one day, the king of Syria said, that's it. And he raised up an entire army to go after one man. An entire, marching an entire army across the desert to get after one man. One can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000 to flight. The devil is so scared of you. If you only knew how scared of you he is. He said, if they ever find out who I am, if you ever find out who you are, rather, like his, he's fighting for his life. When the church is that glorious church and the Lord comes back, he's toast. It's like, and then to make it worse, you know, God didn't just say lake of fire. He said forever. And if that wasn't long enough, he added forever. Like eternal incarceration in a hot place forever and ever. Like his end is so, and like he'd been around since creation, his time is so short right now. And if he can just discourage you, if he can just discourage you, if he can bring a sickness, bring a pain, bring something, cause dysfunction in your family. So that you stop, so you start looking instead of looking and realizing, hey, when I look in the word, it's my mirror. And when I look in the word and see it, I know that everything is working together for my good and that I won. I'm not going to win. I won. It's already done. Anyway, let's go to, so, so in chapter 6, I like verse 15. 2 Kings 6.15. When his servant of the man of God was up early and went out of the house, <laughs> behold, so he's going out to get water at the well, I'm assuming. Okay, I don't remember the story exactly. But, but he goes out. And when he goes out, he says, look at this. Behold, a host surrounded the whole city, both with horses and chariots. After one, how scared is the devil of one man who knows who he is in God? Did you realize that if the pastors of the church would get together just in one place, there's only about 300 people in all of Ottawa running the government. If the church ever got together like other groups have gotten together, we'd take control of this deal. That's what I heard Donald Trump say that. He said, why, why aren't you guys together? I'm saying, I don't know. We're too busy competing with one another instead of completing one another, I guess. Not here, though. Fear not, and not now. Fear not. Look, look, but look, look. I like when he comes in there in the King James. It's funny because he said, alas, alas. Oh, crap. <laughs> or some other word. <laughs> no, he's getting up on a sunny day. <laughs> I think I'll go get some more to make a cup of coffee. Walks out there and he looks like, oh, my God. No, but these are real people. These people lived and died and they're in heaven. They're our family. He said, pray all the family in heaven and on earth. That's why I try to uh, not, not talk ugly about any of these guys because I realize that they're listening. <laughs> they're real. I mean, Paul's a real guy. He really went through all that to get the gospel to you so that you could... Wonder where you're going on Sunday after service to have something to eat. That's a blessing. They paid a big price for, the week for us to have this freedom, I'll tell you right now. And so did all the soldiers and stuff. Anyway, he says, but look at, look, alas, my master, what are we going to do? Elisha never even went to the door. Because he knows God. 
If you know God, you're going to have a response, not a reaction. When you find out your kids are going sideways, when you find out your finances are upside down, your mortgage is upside down, whatever you found, your response needs to be the same as Elisha. Surrounded by enemies? My God. No, but this is, this is our potential right here. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, just open up his eyes that he might see. Open up, say, we pray it in Ephesians 1.18, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you'd know the hope of his calling, that you'd know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints that you'd know the exceeding greatness of his power to us, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought on Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him as his own right hand in the heavenlies, fired above all principality, power, might, and dominion, every name this name. He said that you might see that, that you might know that. If you would see that and know that, your response wouldn't be like the servant because you're not a servant, you're a son. You're a daughter. Your response should be the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Open up their eyes that they might see. And the Lord opened up the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. (laughs) No, but they're here right now. One third of the angels fell. Two thirds didn't go anywhere. My Bible says they come on tiptoes to the church wanting to hear the gospel. They want to hear it preached. They want to see you go. They want to see you grow and they want to see you go. They want to see the glory. And it's in you and it's captivated. It's captive in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And they're wanting you to release it. How do you know that? Because all creation is waiting for a manifestation of the sons of God in Romans eight nineteen, waiting for you to show up. It's time to show up, not tomorrow, right now, right this minute, not 30 seconds from now, right now. Manifest his glory right now. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.